Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And he swings, hits it high and deep, and gone! Still going! Welcome back to The Call Up, your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. As always, I'm your host, Arm Layton. I'm a prospect writer and analyst, as well as one of the co-founders of JustBaseball.com. And in today's episode, we have an interview that I am extremely, extremely excited for you all to check out. Jack McMullen and I were able to talk to Robert Hassel III, one of the top prospects in the San Diego Padres organization, one of our top 25 prospects in baseball And man, has Robert Hassel been incredible to start the season. I am a huge fan of his. If you've listened to this podcast for a little bit, you know how much I like the hit tool, how much I believe in the power continuing to develop, the underrated speed, and just the gamer and multifaceted aspect to his game that is just so impressive. And he's very soft-spoken, which you'll see in the interview, but a very smart player who knows himself, leans into his strengths, knows how to still try to work on his weaknesses without hedging his strengths, and that's a big reason why I am so high on Hassel, who's going to be a good center fielder at the big league level for a really long time and could be a potential all-star for a very long time. So far this season, the 20-year-old is hitting 368, 434, 575 in high A with five home runs, eight stolen bases, and only a 16% K rate. He has been absolutely phenomenal thus far. A couple league notes real quick. We had two top prospects called up most recently, MJ Melendez, who already picked up his first hit in his first game. He looked phenomenal for the Kansas City Royals. And it's going to be interesting to see how Melendez's playing time is carved out because, of course, Salvi Perez is the catcher of the franchise and has been the catcher for a long time and will be the catcher for the next few years. But he could use some days off. You also have the DH role and some other places where you can stick MJ, I guess, He played a little bit of third base last year, a little bit of corner outfield this year, but it's probably more likely we're going to see them splitting time between DH and catcher. But the good news is that's plenty of ABs to go around. And then the one day a week that you want to try to squeeze some more ABs in and and fit MJ Melendez in there, maybe you can sneak him into a corner outfield spot uh, for a game a week or whatever. But there should be more than enough playing time between the DH and catching spot, switching off from there because Hunter Dozier probably should not be taking 30% of the DHABs, which again will go to MJ. So it is very exciting to see what he's going to do over there. Extremely talented, a very, very good hitter. 
a good combination of bat to ball, able to use the whole field and really impressive power. Obviously last year's home run champ in the minor leagues with 41. Jose Miranda also called up with the twins. It has not been a great start through his first 13 at bats. He only has one hit, but again, who really cares about 13 at bats? The good news is he has not struck out. That was never going to be the issue with him. It's just been a lot of weak contact and not quite Uh, The comfort out of the gate, but I think he's going to be just fine. I want to see him continue to get consistent ABs because Miranda has shown that he has the combination of bat to ball and exciting power with 30 home runs last year while hitting 344. I mean, that's insane between double A and triple A. If not MJ Melendez, Jose Miranda may have been the most impressive offensive player in the minor leagues last year. But let's talk to one of the most impressive Offensive players in the minor leagues this year, here is Robert Hassel III of the San Diego Padres organization. Robert Hassel III is a top five Padres prospect. He's a top 50 prospect consensus in all of baseball. And this dude is hitting the baseball better than most in minor league baseball at the moment right now. Um, We'll start very simply. You've played 21 games with the 10 caps so far this year. You've got 31 hits. How are you doing this? I just think it's, for me, it's just, you know, resetting every day, like not being satisfied with yesterday, just going up there with the intent of getting two hits every day, you know, and obviously if I do that, that's going to help the team. So um, getting on base, doing my thing that way, just it's, it's, it's all mindset really. What would you say like the, the big adjustment was from low A to high A? Cause you got a little taste of it last year, uh, but you know, it was only just, as you were finally starting to get your, your feet under you, like the season ends. So I'm sure you were geared up to get back out here this time around in Fort Wayne and, you know, really was got off to an insane start right out, right off the bat. What was that acclimation process like when you're getting from low A to high A as a guy that you always drafted out of high school? Yeah. Last year when I came up, I noticed that um, they were just, they were pounding me in, offensively. They were pounding me in the zone a lot more just early, like not, not really fooling around trying to get me down in the count. And, uh, I noticed, like I started, I was striking out more and stuff and I was being a little bit too patient, but even last year in low A to start the season, I started off a bit slow and I've noticed even the past couple of years, uh, um, in high school, there's even like that first week, even if it was like a slow first week, I still counted it. And I, I wanted to make sure this year that, that didn't really happen, and that I made sure in spring training that I was going to be ready for the first pitch of the first game, and and you know, like I said, just a just a mindset of just going out there every day and competing to the best of my ability, and just high expectations of myself. So, hey, how much of that is confidence based? You know, we we talk about that during spring training and all that, but you know, you mentioned when you first get up to high A, you, you struck out a little bit, and then I remember a night in Midland, Michigan, when you guys were playing the Dodgers affiliate in high A, you, you hit three bombs, right? And that's the big coming out party for Robert Hassel in high A. You come yeah. back to Fort Wayne, a place you got just a teensy bit familiar with last year, you know, jumping into a familiar environment, having the confidence of a good end of the year and a good spring training. You also have a really talented roster around you too. What has that done for you in terms of Robert Hassel, the confident hitter? Yeah, it's it's confidence is probably the biggest part of uh, hitting, I would say, and being able to do it every day, you know, not just when you're feeling good. It's every day you got to be confident. But yeah, 
we got a great group of guys. I mean, a lot of them I played with last year in Lake Elsinore, and some of them I, you know, some of the pitchers I was here last year in Fort Wayne with them. So, um, yeah, a good group of guys. But confidence all around in all parts of your game is going to be the biggest thing. But for me to come, like I said, came up last year for a few weeks and and got familiar with Fort Wayne a little bit, and just knowing that this year, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. So this is the this is the the goal is to come here and, and have a great year. So I figured I'd start it early and, and see what we got. Yeah. So five home runs in 21 games, and, and we'll get into some of that, that power output in a minute, because I know that's something that is brought up a lot and you've talked about it in other conversations, but I want to talk to you about one of the things that you've just excelled at from the get-go. And, and I know is a big calling card for you, which is the hit tool and the ab- ability to just kind of find the barrel almost at all times. But not only that, you know, I watch your ABs, you spoil tough pitches. There's just the bat to ball ability overall that is really impressive with you. What makes you so adept to one, being able to recognize pitches and, you know, not chase, but two, getting the bat on the ball at a, at a higher rate than the vast majority of, of professional baseball players. Well, yeah, I think my swing ever since I was kind of little has kind of worked uh, that way. It's, it, you know, I've always hit home runs. I've said that before, but I've always hit, you know, home runs here and there and, and stuff like that. But I've never really been a, you know, that home run or strikeout guy. I've never really been satisfied with that. So my swings always kind of work to, to just put the bat on the ball consistently, I think. And I just I've kind of taken that and worked with it. And uh, that's why I think, you know, you see. I've the, I have five home runs this year so far, only one of them pull side and four of them really left field. So it's like my main focus is not, you know, hitting home runs and getting that home run swing off. You know, it's like, even if it's, Oh, it's like, if I put the bat on the ball, I feel like with, you know, good backspin or whatever the analytical stuff deems a good barrel you know, I, I have confidence that it's going to be an extra base hit or whatever. And, and, you know, I'm more satisfied with doubles, consistent doubles than, you know, a home run every now and then, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you've got three doubles so far this year. I'm, I'm just looking at hit accumulation. Right. And that speaks to the hit tool. Thirty one hits, 21 games. You, you're sporting an OPS north of a thousand. So if somebody wants to look at the power output, they can just look right there and see that. You yeah. are as well-rounded a hitting prospect as as we've seen in high A right now, right? And you mentioned the bat to ball. You mentioned your ability to get to pitches. I saw you last year. Um, I know a lot of people are, are watching you right now get to low pitches, get to high pitches. Is there a particular wheelhouse for you, or are you more of like a C-ball, hit-ball guy? Yeah, I mean, if – yeah. I mean, you could you could say a little bit of both, honestly. I it kind of depends on the arm, depends on the day, but I've found myself to be able to get to the, that outside pitch pretty well. But then it's like, you know, if you bring it in, I've seen myself through through the video. It's like, even if you bring it in fastball, two strikes early in the count, really doesn't matter. It's like, I'll still find a way to get to it. I feel like, but uh, you know, recently it's been those outside pitches. I feel like, you know, whatever, whatever the pitch is, I've been getting to it. And I feel like that's why you've seen some of those balls go over, over the fence, that left side. Um, just like I said, just trying to put a good swing on them. And if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. Um, you know, as I get older, I feel like that power is going to come only more. So uh, just, out, you know, I'd like to say all, all over the plate, but middle to outer third, say. 
that was going to be my, my question a little bit on, on the flip side of it, right. Is, you know, pitchers are trying to find a way to get Robert Haskell out right now. And, and obviously, you know, when they're game planning for the Fort Wayne 10 caps, it's how do we get the guy that's hitting 388 out right now? Don't uh, tell him how noticed, to do it, by the way. Don't, yeah, no, well, yeah, we don't, no one knows how to do it. Yeah. And you don't need to tell us how to do it, but you know, you, you look at, at, some of the home runs that you've hit, you talked about middle away. I think it's pretty clear that, that you are very comfortable going the other way. Have you had pitchers try to go hard stuff inside? Is that something that, that they've challenged you with? And, you know, how do you, how do you balance that ability to go the other way, leave the yard the other way, but also still be able to react on middle in and, and everybody has something that's running and has that riding life and, you know, being able to get around on that too. Well, I think it's just being ready for it every pitch. You know, uh, I like the a lot of hitting is going to be reaction based too. whether, you know, you'd like to think about you know, whether you like to think that as a hitter or not. You know, you're going to be reacting a lot more times than you're going to be guessing right and just boom, going to happen. But um, and those will be your extra base hits or home runs, you know, you assume. But. But, yeah, I mean. The, the inside pitch, it's it's obviously, in my opinion, it's the toughest pitch in baseball uh, to hit. So it's like a lot of times, you know, if you if you got a really good arm that knows what he's doing and he's running up in there, it's going to be tough. But for me, it's I've backed off the plate a little bit, just giving myself every little opportunity to get to that inside pitch, knowing that I'm good at that outside pitch already, um, giving myself, you know, those little tiny opportunities, whether it's, you know, versus a lefty backing off the plate or something or versus a big sinker guy that's a righty getting on the plate a little bit, you know, little stuff like that. Uh, just trying to run that ball into my barrel. I know Arm wants to get into swing mechanics in a moment, um, but, you know, I guess my big question is, what do you look at? Do you look at, you know, track man data? Do you watch film back of your at-bats, side view, front view? What are you looking at on an everyday basis to try and learn more about yourself and your opponents? Uh, I'll look at my, I definitely watch video all the time. I'll watch it from the video that you would see if you're watching the broadcast a lot, just to see where, uh, the pitches actually land up. And I remember a lot of them. I don't remember all, all the, all my at bats, but usually I'll remember like if it was a good pitch or like a, a foul ball or something that I know I should have hit, I'll remember it and I'll be like, okay, it, it was there, you know, or no, it was off the plate a little bit. So I watch a lot of video. That's video is probably the, the biggest thing for me, for sure. Gotcha. And I watch, you know, your lower half is pretty interesting to me with, with the way that the, the athleticism that you have in the box. And, and I want to talk about your speed on the field as well, because I think that's one of the more underrated aspects of your game. Uh, but in the box, you can really see the athleticism. But I, I find just the whole way you maneuver pretty unique and pretty cool. Can, can you clue us in a little bit just to how what your thoughts are when you're going right with your lower half because it's a pretty unique uh toe tap almost timing mechanism to gather back and then uh you have this just explosion uh once you launch can you tell us what your thought is somewhat with the lower half and and what you're trying to think about when you're going right yeah so well i went in the about middle of the season like elson last year i went to like a modified toe tap kind of turned my front, front toe in, uh, kind of toe tapped off of that. And I've always, through my whole life, even when I was little, I've always been a leg kick guy. But when I got to pro ball and I started facing those really good arms every day, throwing hard, it's like had to s simplify some stuff. I, my hips were leaking a, a bit. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still working as all of my, you know, hitting is and all of my game is, it's still a work in progress, but my lower half, I feel like there's still a tad bit of a, a leak, which I don't think that hurts any part of my game. That's why I haven't really fooled with it too much, but I do think that's why I, I see a lot of my power, uh, and going center field to left field is, is, um, because I'm actually cutting myself off a tad bit with my hips leaking forward. So with, when I had the, the leg kick that I was seeing it a lot more, just because it's like, if you're not direct hundred percent on time, you're going to have a way longer stride. You're going to leak a lot more. So I went to that modified kind of toe tap to kind of keep my, my hips back a tad bit and, and, and shoot those balls in play. And that's when I started seeing a lot of those, you know, balls that I was fouling off to the left side, finally coming in, shooting down the third baseline, doubles, triples, and stuff like that. So, like I said, it kind of – and now now you, you – if you've seen my video recently, I'm kind of trying to go out of that a bit more, and I've watched guys like Bryce Harper and stuff like that. And uh, that, Bryce, that was what I was going to bring up literally exactly. Yeah, like, like guys like Bryce Harper. Uh, I saw a video of him the other day off of Scherzer. I'm pretty sure it was a cutter or something. He had a – hit a home run, just a smooth swing. And um, his setup right there is something that I aspire to look like. Um, just completely, completely balanced. I know that that was kind of, I kind of went on with that, my bad, but. No, no, that's encouraged. That's, that's absolutely encouraged. <laughs> yeah. And you, you can go on all day on that kind of stuff, especially with, with me, because I, I could talk swings all, all day. I bore Jack with it all the time on here. But I was specifically going to ask you, Harper, because he's a similar guy where you can almost see his back foot come off the ground sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's losing his backside or that, you know, he's totally leaking. It's just that's something he used to do a little bit of, but he's found the balance of it all. And I, I mean, that that's the swing that when, when I look at, at the swing that you take there's a lot of similarities there and it's that athleticism in the box as well. One other thing that really stands out to me is I've watched some of some of the balls you hit. Uh, I don't remember exactly what game it was, but you had one where you were definitely a, a little bit fooled where it was off speed. You were a little bit out front and you had almost a one-handed swing that you oh, yeah. beat the center fielder over the head. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think I sent it to Jack and this was before we even knew that you were going to be able to come on the podcast. And I sent it to Jack and I was like, what the hell is this? Because I, it looks like off the bat routine fly out, right? Like no way that's carrying. And it just kept going and kept going. Uh, is that something that you've started to notice creeping more into your game? You talk about the development of power. And I, I think it's awesome that you're not letting all of that outside noise pressure you into selling out for it because you're, I think you're, you can start to see it coming into your game more and more, right? Where these balls that maybe used to be caught, are one-handed swings that are beating the center fielder over the head. Is that something that resonates at all with you? Yeah. I, last year I watched all my ABs and I'd say there was about 10 times, maybe even more where it was like, dang, man, if I had a good five or six more pounds or 10 pounds or whatever it was on me, I feel like those balls are over, over their heads or leaving. And yeah, I mean, I came in and I was, I'm about five or six pounds heavier, you know, um feel really strong and and that that one you're talking about I, th I think it was oh two it was at Lansing against a righty and he was he was like 60 percent off speed and and he was plus that when he was when he had you down in the count so it was oh two and I was still waiting for that fastball just in case because he was low 90s but 
yeah, he flicked he flicked that uh, slider in, made a good pitch, flicked it in, landed about lower outer third, and yeah, it was a one handed swing. But I, off the bat, it was like, yeah, but when it dropped in and it was a double, I was like, you know, I was kind of you, you know, you're thanking yourself a little bit because it's like that power. People are saying, you know, that power is going to come. People told me last year that power is going to come, and it's like, I think even more power is to come for sure. Like those balls, I think are going to be leaving soon. I got, got a pretty good barrel on it. So. Welcome to the business of pro baseball, right? You mentioned you were at Lansing. So you're seeing Angeles, right? Right across the diamond from you. I mean, have you had a, a holy, holy crap. I'm a professional baseball player moment in the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, seeing guys, you know, we had, well, just the other day we had snow rehab, <laughs> yeah. rehab pitch. That was really cool. You know, um, when I first signed, there was plenty of, plenty of uh, moments at the alternate site where got it. They ran me out there a few times and got to play behind Manny, you know, and Toddy and Hosmer and Jake and the whole Grisham, all those guys, you know. So every day, man, I, I'm thankful for every day. Every day is it's cool to be, you know, blessed to be a professional baseball player. Really, really. Yeah. I'm curious how 2020 went for you, because that's obviously a, a unique draft that's never going to happen again. And your senior year of high school was cut short. You still were the top prep guy off the board. You go eight to San Diego. How did that process go? Because the world shut down like March 11th or 12th. You know, you were probably done with baseball for the time being. And then at some point between then and draft day, Jay Preller's got to get you on the phone and say, we're going to take you. How did that process lead up to you going eighth? Well, I told, well, first off, I had told my dad about a year before the draft that uh, I thought the pod, I told, I told him something like, man, I really like the Padres. And I talked to a lot of their, a lot of their, whoever, scouts or whoever it was. And I was a big fan of all of them. And I was like, man, I think they really like me. I think there is a chance they'll take me first round. But, you know, we, I played two games of high school my senior year and then boom, we were out of school. So, um, a lot of waiting around. Yeah, sure. And a lot of, uh, uncertainty for sure. But I knew I'd had a really good junior high school year. And then that summer after that year, I, I knew I'd put myself in a good position. And then, you know, sure enough, draft day, we figure out, we figure out I'm going to the Padres, but, but yeah, man, it was just, you know, work like usual, tried to find myself in the batting cage, getting stronger and everything, getting ready for the draft, but definitely weird for everybody. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my, my follow-up question on that was at what point did you realize, Hey, I could be a top 10 pick in the MLB draft. Well, I went to the, the PDPL was new and that was the 80 guys at IMG for, for the USA slash like MLB, whatever. And, uh, they had me the best performer out of there after it was all said and done like a month later. And, you know, that gave me a huge confidence boost. And then we had some All-American games. And that's when I, after, I'd say middle of PDP to the end of the PDP uh, league down there, I figured, I was like, man, at least in this high school group, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm the best, you know, if not one up there, you know, one of the best. So I figured I'd had a good chance uh, that summer. And so that going into my senior year, you know, full confidence. That's why I was sad to see, you know, we only played two games in, uh, that year. But, um, but yeah, 
I mean, I, you, I've always been a confident guy. So I'd like to say ever since my freshman year, I've known I was going to go first round, but that's not true, man. You know, you, <laughs> you're always going to have a little bit of doubt there, but sometimes, but you know, that's what pushes, helps you push through sometimes. So hey, maybe, you, maybe about a year before. Robert, how'd, who'd you grow up wanting to be? Um, you know, like, obviously I, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. I was a left-handed pitcher. I wanted to be Mark Burley really bad. And like, you know, I, I wanted to, to mimic his, his pitch mix and all that stuff, right? Like um, everybody had that person that they want to be. And I'm sure now you look at some guys and obviously you don't want to be them. You want to be Robert Hassel, but you know, you can take certain things from some guys. So who did you want to be growing up? And now when you look at some of baseball's best stars, what do you really like they do that, that you feel like you can incorporate in your game? Yeah. Well, when I was little, I mean, even now I look back at his, his film, but Chipper, uh, we watched a lot of Braves games when, when I was little, just because that was what was on TV. That was close. So we got a lot of their games, but his, uh, the lefty swing, man, his, you know, obviously from the right side too, beautiful, but I paid attention to his lefty swing a lot and, uh, loved him and how sweet he was. And I actually got to meet him uh, at the PDP league for a day and kind of asked him some stuff and um, got some good information about how he just, you know, he doesn't swing hundred percent all the time and, you know, kind of just incorporated some of that stuff into my game. But uh, believe it or not, Albert Pulhos too. I know he's a right-hander, but just, it seemed like when I was little, I used to love him, but it was like, I used to play with him and, pick him in all the video games and yeah. every time I turned on the TV it felt like he was hitting a home run and you know he had 10 years in a row where he had 30 bombs and 100 RBIs plus so it was like that production level for sure and what I see now in players is just playing the game fast man it's like doing doing what everybody else does you know you're hitting you're hitting some home runs you know you're you're getting on base you're getting your doubles you're hitting the ball hard uh throwing dudes out stealing bases, but, you know, just playing the game fast, playing the game with intelligence, with intent, just knowing what you're doing out there every day too. It's a big thing. It's like, you don't really want to see a guy that injuries happen and stuff. I get it, but it's like, you can put yourself in a position to be healthy, you know, unless unfortunate stuff happens, obviously. But so just being able to play every day, fans want to see people playing every day, you know, they want to see their favorite player out there. Something that stands out to me with with Pujols is that, you know, I, I listened back to some interviews with him early on, and, and he's one of my favorite guys to watch. That, I mean, his stretch is as good of any stretch in baseball history. He's a guy that that wouldn't say he's the home run hitter. He says, I'm, I'm a line drive hitter that happens to hit home runs. And it's funny because that's kind of what you were saying in the early going here is like, I'm, I'm looking for my doubles. I'm looking gap to gap. And if I backspin it a little extra if I get under it a little bit more or, or it's in the right spot and it gets out it's a home run uh yeah. the wrinkle that you have in your game that you know not a lot of other players are able to add to that you know contact and power is the speed and we mentioned earlier like I wanted to talk to you about that you've already swiped eight bags this year uh you you have a good glove in center field and that was something that you know I, I feel like has been under sold or under talked about in your game which is going to happen when you hit 388 people are going to be like oh but by the way he's really fast like they're going to talk yeah. about you hitting 388 but how do you feel like your game and and how how do you think the speed contributes to your game both on the base paths and in center and how much do you think that can help you at the highest level yeah well it's like you know you don't have to see me hit the ball 105 miles an hour every time to get on base so i think that's a huge plus i mean you saw where um in dayton 
and Dayton, there's a bunch of infield singles there, man. And it was like you're hitting balls off the end of the bat. But if it's, you know, if it's in that grass, you know, I got a chance, I think. So it definitely puts pressure on them. And then this past series against Dayton, they held me pretty good on the base path. Um, but, you know, they're still thinking about me. And it's I, I feel like we, we got a lot of guys on the team, you know, that that we get on base and it's like, we're definitely a threat to steal. So, and with that three pick rule and everything, it, it just puts all kinds of pressure, unwanted pressure on the pitcher. So uh, it's definitely good in, in the outfield. We cover a lot of room too. That's, that's a, that's the obvious plus to that, but you know, in left, in left field, we've had Rozier out there, Corey, he's been doing really good. And, and, and Mears is uh, obviously blazing has blazing speed as well. So it's like you really got three center fielders out there. So with 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 the speed, you could definitely cover a bunch of ground. Yeah. And, I, and take off pressure on the infielders out there. So I, I got a couple more for you. Uh, one of them has to do with the team because you're on one of the more talented rosters at, at the high A level, right? You look at San Francisco's high roster and then you look at San Diego's high roster in Fort Wayne right now. And, you know, you're there and you mentioned Mears and Rosier in the outfield. Valenzuela behind the plate, Gasser on the hill. Like, you know, we're, we're seeing what Mackenzie Gore is doing up now, and we're seeing what CJ can do, and we just got a taste of Camposano. How bright is the Padres' future? Yeah, I think, like, it, it's it's super exciting because, I mean, we were talking, a couple of us guys were talking in the clubhouse, you know, one of the first days we're in Fort Wayne, and it's like, dude, it's like this is the high 18, you know? It's like this is pretty pretty incredible. It's like pitching from staff to from coaching staff, really, to, yeah. you know, even to to the players. So it's like all the way from top to bottom. It's like, wow, this is crazy. And, and what a setup. But it's like I've been trying to keep up with the guys in double A. It's like the outfielders in double A. You see them. They're, they're doing really well right now. Uh, obviously, we got some really, really strong guys in triple A. And, the, and then the big league squad with, you know, the three rookies right now. And, well, you got Steven Wilson too. So it's like Gore Wilson, um, you know, Camposano has been up and down and then you got a couple of the other men. So low ways they're blowing it up down there in Lake Elsinore over there. So really bright future, man, really, really bright future. And you, and you see, I mean, some of the guys that, you know, trades happen and stuff, but you see guys that believe the Padres and stuff, just cause we are so stacked. You see them shooting through other systems too. Yep. So it's like it's a huge credit to what I feel like what the Padres have over here with you know coaches and on to uh you know the players spreading information within each other and stuff like that, man. It's great. 100%. So how much does that have a bearing? I mean, and I know it's a lot, but I'd love to just hear you kind of color in on that because you hear about organization to organization, player development. And all of those things, a lot of players, it comes to with just what's within and, you know, being able to, to get that, that work in on your own, but also just the information available, the coaching and all of those things. That's something that it sounds like is, is something that you feel like separates the Padres in a lot of ways. And how much of a difference does that make for a player like yourself? Obviously you have all the talent in the world and, and I can tell you're a smart ball player, but having those coaches that you trust, how much does that make a difference for you? Yeah, I mean, it's you because I mean, they they know they're they're in their spot for a reason. You know, they they have the information, they have the knowledge. So, for me, right when I came in, eighteen years old, and immediately with the COVID year, like we talked about, being weird and me being uh, exposed to those to the alternate site and those big league players and those AAA guys and being behind, really, 
being out of high school, you know, I had, I had to lean on some coaches and I had to ask questions and, 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 or, you know, keep my mouth shut and just listen to what people had to say and watch. So, yeah, it's been huge for me. And I think it's, I definitely have to credit a lot of, uh, a lot of coaches, uh, pretty much every coach I've had with the Padres uh, for at least some part of my development. Cause you know, you learn something new every day as a, you know, the saying, but you really do. I mean, when you're on the baseball field, you know, if you, if you sit back and watch and take in information and just, you know, sit there and listen, you'll, you'll learn something. So. Last one from me. Um, I spent last year in Fort Wayne. Um, I know you got a good crew in uh, John Nolan and Ben Schulman. I gave Ben this recommendation, but I want to hear before I give you the rec, your parents are coming to town. Um, you've got a day game. Where are you going for dinner that night? I don't even know. I, to be honest, in Fort Wayne? Yeah, in Fort Wayne. I don't even know, man, to be honest. I've been... Jared, uh, I'm I'm rooming with Jared Dale. Uh, we have a little apartment together, and he's been cooking a lot, man. So we haven't, unless it's like a little fast food or something. I haven't even. If you got some recommendations, please. We've had we've had a uh, that Proximo place a few times for breakfast and lunch. It's super super good. Yeah, uh, Proximo's great for brunch, man. Proximo's really good, and then uh, there's a pizza place, little little uh, pizza place or something we've ate at. But other than that, haven't haven't really explored too too much. So want okay. too soon. I just got my car, so. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay, so you're buying because um, you're you're the top ten pick, right? So if you're buying, this place is not Proximo Price uh, Mercado on the landing. You know that landing strip. Oh yeah, the Mexican I'm- restaurant there, Mercado. Okay, the, the best restaurant in Fort Wayne, hands down. Promise. Is, is that the place with the street tacos or no? So they, they roll out the food truck, but that's like their, that's their actual restaurant. They've got great stuff, chips and guac to start. And then they got great entrees too. Okay. Sweet, man. I'll keep that. This guy's got the whole lay of the land over here. I mean, I'm an Indiana man. The landing's pretty nice over there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Hey, Robert, this was, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.